is June 30th, 2021, and we are back to give our thoughts and questions from the previous night of wrestling. Last night, we returned to watching NWA and NXT after taking two weeks off. We saw a lot break down and a couple good matches, but nothing that you would write home about. Lots of good feuds and one nasty-looking injury to one female superstar as well. So let's get into it. We're going to start with our five, our five favorite matches from last night for June 29th, 2021. Number five comes from NXT, and it was the match to put over the Diamond Mine, with Roderick Strong getting his first match back against Asher Hale, with him getting the obvious win. Like I said, there was not a lot of matches to go uh, pick from, but that one would be our number five. Number four, also coming from NXT, is Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee and Boa. Of course, that ended abruptly, so it could have ended up being a bit higher on the list, because it was actually a really good match up until the finish, but Mercedes Martinez gets hit with a hard kick by Zia Lee and gets knocked out ending the match. Number three is coming from NWA, and it's the main event from NWA, and the only match to make it from NWA out of the three to choose from, and that's Melina versus Kylie Ray. It was good main event match for the women's division of NWA. It helped get over Melina's character again of wanting to be the center of attention and Kylie Ray of being, well, Kylie Ray. <laughs> Number two was the opener from NXT last night, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai in the triple threat to determine the number one contenders for the tag team titles. Again, nothing major to write home about, but it was an okay match. Not a big fan of Shotzi and Amber, so I'm glad that they didn't get the win in that one, but it was nice that they're freshening it up with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark getting it, even though I don't really believe Zoe Stark deserves a title shot because she is the most bland character in wrestling today. Now, that means our number one match is Isaiah Scott versus Bronson Reed, the main event from NXT. That's right, our the main event from NXT where we saw the crowning of a new NXT North American champion. Okay, and now for our thoughts on NWA Power, episode 33. I actually like the pairing of Genocide and Taryn Terrell. It's a great combination of coward and power. That's always a good combination for a heel team. The more someone says that another is their BFF, the less I believe it, especially when it is Sal Renaro and Mae Valentine. It was a great promo from Sal Renaro, though, and I love seeing him that fired up. Really gets you behind his character. Austin Idol looks like that guy at every hole-in-the-wall bar around the world that thinks he is the best-dressed man in the room, but is actually the guy that no one in the room wants to talk about. You know, that guy. I do like the heel move of Idol taking his client back. A good general fights a battle on their terms. So it's not a coward's way, it's a smart play. I was actually shocked that Kratos would allow one of the Hawks to start the match until I saw him and Steven talking in the neutral corner to set up the bits that they did during that match. I really did like the ending to the exhibition match. There was a lot of issues during the match, but La Rebellion made the segment with their involvement at the end. If you can't make it look natural for someone to do something behind the referee's back, don't do it. It just makes a referee look like a moron. Molina's eye poke during the main event was a prime example of that. 
It was great selling by Molina on that beautiful super kick from Kylie Ray that ended the main event. Now our questions for NWA Power episode 33. Isn't the championship championship series eh, isn't the championship series that Bischoff and Hogan the Bound for Glory series is a great one that should have got more attention later on. So it's good that someone actually is using concept. How bad was Lady Frost falling off the top turnbuckle when Genocide ran into the ropes? It looked like she just, it, Genocide ran into the ropes, then Lady Frost slowly just fell over and flipped. It, it looked really bad. Really bad. Why would you logically hold on to a tag rope when you are not in your corner? It's a funny spot, but how does it make any sense whatsoever? Also, how did the tag count on Kratos from Luke when Kratos was not in his corner and not holding a tag rope right after? It, just logic holes like that make no sense. It's just really, really bad. So did the interview with Crimson and Dane sound more like guys who didn't know their lines and people trying to find the words to say to each other? Like, it really looked like they just didn't know their lines. At least to me. How many times and how many different people say war during the episode of Power this week? Like, people said war a lot. So did the Mystery Man interview with May feel like a giant waste of time since it was just the same thing said over and over? All right, well, let's go with our rankings of the three matches that appeared on NWA Power episode 33. Ranked third, I would put Genocide versus Lady Frost because it was just a bit of a mess. But not much far ahead of it is Aaron Stevens, Mims, and Captain Yuma versus PJ Hawks, Luke Hawks, and Kratos, number two. I get there was a lot of comedy meant for it, but it was just absolutely terrible. Okay, number one, Melina versus Kylie Ray, main event. Like I said, not much to choose from. Was it a great match? As we said, it was fell into about number three on our five for the day between some mediocre matches on NXT. So it wasn't great, but it was pretty good. Moving on to our WWE Tuesday Night NXT Thoughts. Really like the triple threat tag had three competitors in the ring at a time. I never understand the logic of promotion booking a tag team triple threat or four-way match where only two competitors are in the ring at a time. It just makes no sense. Even elimination rules makes no sense. I'm definitely thinking that Shossi did not hit the suplex on Dakota Kai into the pin as she had hoped to. It just looked a little awkward with that pin where she was still trying to hold on to Dakota. It was awesome selling by Dakota Kai, though, after the uppercut by Io Shirai right before the finish. Dazed and confused, to say the least. Ari Sterling seemed to slip a little bit as he was trying to do the springboards off the ropes. He tried his best to recover, but still looked a little sloppy. If I remember correctly, a wrestler already became a wrestler's butler after losing a match. Oh, yeah. AEW. Oh, and NXT UK. That's right. This will be the third time in under a year that they have used the if you lose, you're my butler gimmick in wrestling. We hadn't seen it in so long, and now we have to have it three times in under a matter of months. It's ridiculous. So Kyle Riley is great in the ring as a wrestler. But I just cannot get behind his promo skills. Samoa Joe actually ended up being the best part of the segment with him and Cole. Especially with that uh, Joe allowing Cole to remain in the hold for a bit while, you know, Cole's yelling in pain. So Martinez landed bad on her face after that spin kick and it did not look good when she landed. 
She could not even get out of the pin for the three. She barely raised her arm. It was clear it was not good, and I hope she is good. We saw it in the kick. The kick hit Martinez square in the head. He said, not good, but hopefully she's going to be okay. It was great to see that MSK didn't roll over and stood up to Ciampa and Thatcher during their face-to-face. Funny, when the cross-leaving segment started, I actually thought it would end up being Cross and Scarlet that would have got hit with a car. Almost was Gargano, though. Have to admit that, while childish, the sit-down on Swerve on the edge of the ring by Bronson was pretty great. I loved how they set up that suplex by Swerve on Reed as it looked very natural and shows the ways you can get a small guy in control of a big man. It's not impossible if you just use your brain. So it really liked, or sorry, I really liked that they went with a Swerve over Reed in the main event. Reed had to deal with the numbers for Swerve to win, so he doesn't come off looking bad, but the belt on Swerve just creates so many more opportunities. WWE Tuesday Night NXT questions now. When did Dakota Kai forget how to wear a jacket? Or are her forearms the only part of her that gets cold? Just checking. I'm just asking. You know. When was the last time you actually saw a tree of woe broken up before it could be hit like Raquel did, or that Raquel got to do in the opener? I can't think of a single time when a tree of woe actually gets broken up. It almost always gets hit when you see it's being set up. So it was nice. It was a nice thing to see. So gotta ask, was Karrion Cross the only person that didn't know Austin Theory was going to attack him from behind? Like, come on. Pretty obvious, right? So what do you think that battery charging vignette is all about? Who do you think is going to premiere with that thing? Recharging the battery. So how great is it to get to hear Samoa Joe's music once again? It was so nice to hear it. So nice. Is Adam Cole and Kyle Riley feeling forced to anyone else? Like, do their promos about each other seem genuine to you? They don't to me, at least. I'm just saying. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but is it not convenient that NXT put Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez together as a team during the month of June? It would seem a little less convenient if it was any other month of the year. I'm just saying. You had to know that Theory and Gargano would return later in the night, right? Like, you know, they weren't going to stick, they were going to be sticking her, they were going to come back after that you saw them take off. Like, come on. These are the uh, biggest uh, jump from behind guys there are. So, which was better to you? Top dollar going through the barricade or Ashante's reaction to it? Also, were you expecting Swerve to get their win? You heard what my thoughts are and why I thought it was a great thing. So, what did you think? What did you like that uh, Swerve got the win? Let us know. And now it is time for. WWE Tuesday Night NXT Match Rankings. To end our day, we have got the five matches ranked from last night's NXT. In five position, Cameron Grimes versus Ari Sterling. It was what it was. It was to set up Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship at Great American Bash next week. Roderick Strong versus Sasha Hale was the strong performance they needed to show that exactly what and who we were, or what we were going to get, sorry, from Diamond Mine with it being a submission win by Strong and just an all-out dominating performance. Number three, Jake Alice and Marcinius Martinez versus Zaylee and Boa. I put it this high up over the other two because this was between competitors that were feuding with each other, so it meant a little bit more than those two, even though it didn't have quite a finish. 
still had a finish that we were kind of expecting who the winners were going to be anyways. Then, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai is our number two for the same reasons we said above in our five earlier. And the same goes for number one, Isaiah Scott versus Bronson Reed. Our explanation ahead, it was a great title match, good main event, reasonable, nothing spectacular, nothing to write home about, but it was good. We got a title change. Always great with that. That's what we thought about watching NXT and NWA after being away for two episodes from, of each. It was great that we were able to jump in without being missing much. What did you think about last yesterday's shows? Let us know. And as always, be back tomorrow. We will have our rest morning sound off for, you guess it, one finally AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. It's going to be great. We'll see you then.